1: Hello everyone, Kitro here. Welcome to this week's edition of TSFP Presents Super Seasons. 1983 was a monumental year for humanity. It saw the birth of producer Al, and then a few days later, I made my way into the world as well. It also saw the culmination of a fascinating La Liga campaign. So sit back and enjoy this week's episode, the 1982-1983 Super Season. Hello patrons, welcome to another edition of TSFP Presents Super Seasons. Uh, we have now definitively ditched the Podmobile for the next couple of months. It is just basically far too hot to record you inside the Podmobile. Sit in there. I mean, the, you know, the only way we could sit in there would be if we were all
0: in towels pretending
1: it's a sauna. Yes. Kind of. Well, but we could do that. We could get arrested. It <laughs> would look even more weird than we already do yes. if we did that. It yeah. is
0: not the season for Podmobile-based
1: No Uh, Recording No So anyway So we're out and about And there might be some background noise But hopefully we'll be able to drown it out With our dulcet tones Our enthusiasm Our excitement Talking about the 1982-83 season We're going back We're going way way back Phil and I hadn't even been born Sid Yeah I was born towards the end Oh man We were born towards the end of 1983 Ali is five days older than me that's why I'm so much more mature. Yes. Yes. There we go. <laughs> that show. Those five days were key. Yes. <laughs> Obviously, you remember the 82-83 season well. You know, you were, you were there. So like, I here. remember bits of it, not in Spain.
2: No. I remember bits of it in England. <laughs> and I did um, go to the liberty of checking out the number ones in 1983, which you, you may have noticed the other day on Twitter. I did send this to the TSFPU podcast. That was the year when Pasti Dachi Pondi left-hand side was number one. Oh, right. And yeah. that is the first... Here's the here's the weird thing as well. This shows how old it is. That was the first tape I ever bought. Oh wow! Musical youth, the youth of today, with Pasti Dutchy the, the left hand side in there. The first single I bought, I must admit, was probably "Rap Rapping" with Roland Rat. But I mean, you know, bear okay. in
1: mind I would have been uh, seven. I mean, come on! Do you know what the first tape I ever bought was? Gone, Dr. Dre, The Chronic, nineteen ninety-two. Like it? That's that,
0: that's that's much too cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, immediately, like immediately got so, com- immediately well, got confiscated by my mum. I would like yeah, to point but that's, out that's that good. Like, musical, it could musical, be a lot musical, musical youth
0: is quite cool for a first ever. I think mine was maybe the greatest
1: hits of the Pet Shop Boys.
2: So, uh, oh wow, yeah. yeah.
1: We digress. So, nineteen eighty. So never mind. 19- our
2: next our next TSEP presents will be songs. Yes. Yeah.
1: Actually we could do that you know. The
2: only thing is I suspect we haven't got the rights yes. To play lots of songs
1: No, but that's never stopped anyone in Spain doing no. anything you know? <laughs> they, don't <laughs> so they don't care about rights right. get on with the actual job in hand Man. Anyway, so 1982-1983 It was um, right in the middle of the Basque dominance of La Liga Obviously the previous two years Real Sociedad had won uh, the La Liga title, and um, like we said, real Basque dominance. Uh, Athletic Club We're about to have two very, very good years. As yeah, well. a brief word on Real Sociedad, just just for
2: those who who don't know, a genuinely really strong Real Sociedad team, as you say, one league twice in a row. You'll recognise some of these names: um, Luis Arconada, who was reckoned to be the great goalkeeper
0: of his generation all across Europe. You know what? Um, the fans used to sing about Arconada. No pasa nada. Te tenemos alconada, nada, Yeah. And uh, the other one Which translates Don't worry No problem But it also
1: literally means Nothing will pass as well. Right? It also yeah. means
0: Victor. that Yes
2: uh, You two are too young for this In fact In truth be told I'm too young for this Because I don't really remember The 82 World Cup I remember the fact that it was on I was on. going to ask you that actually. If I remember the memories. fact that it was on But I don't remember, remember The World Cup itself We had a tortoise called Zico Because Zico was kind of The outstanding star Of that Brazilian team But they also Raus they had, had Every British schoolboy's favourite player
0: Which was Lopez Ufati. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Everything <laughs> in the and, day. and of course, I mean, you mentioned that the World Cup. It's worth saying that was a huge deal, Spain hosting the World yes. Cup. Spain disappointed going out at the, at the second group stage. And this is the hangover
2: season, in a way, from that World Cup. Um, because, you know, this was a World Cup where Spain had a whole load of really, really good bass players who are part of the Real Sociedad uh, squad that wins the league two years in a row, part of the Athletic Bilbao squad, which is about to win two leagues in a row, but still kind of had broadly speaking, Real Madrid ideas. And so it didn't really fit. And, and that was always, I mean, genuinely quite a trauma, Spain not winning, winning the World Cup in 82. The other player, just, to, just in terms of kind of, oh, that's a name that rings a bell, Real Sociedad, who won the league twice tomorrow, also, of course, had Perico Alonso. Mm. And yes, that is Alonso, as in Xavi and Mikel's dad.
0: But he happened to he left the summer yes. before
1: this season, yes, right? Yes, exactly. So he yeah. just won the two leagues. And yeah. he joined Barcelona, yeah. uh, where there are a number of Alonzos. We'll get to them at Yes, the end we will. there <laughs> are a lot of Alonso. You're right, there's a lot
2: of Alonso's knocking around.
1: Uh, in just a moment. So the previous season, Real Sociedad had finished two points clear of Barcelona, uh, three points clear of uh, Madrid. and Athletic Club had finished fourth, seven points behind their Barcelona. Rivals. Um, In 1982-83, we had 18 teams uh, in La Liga. The newly promoted sides were Celta, UD Salamanca, and CD Malaga. Uh, The latter two do not exist anymore because Malaga uh, in the uh, mid-90s went bust and were refounded as Malaga Club de Fútbol. Yeah, I mean, effectively, the current Malaga is the Malaga, but they've been through. I think it's three name changes over the years. Right. Uh, You know,
2: theoretically, not the same club, but everyone takes them as being the same club.
1: They replaced Cádiz, Hercules and uh, CD Castellón. So the 18 teams in La Liga were Atletic, Atleti, Barca, Betis, Celta, Español, Las Palmas, Osasuna, Racing, Real Madrid, Real Sociedad, Salamanca, Sevilla, Sporting, Valencia, Valladolid uh, and Zaragoza. And this was before La Liga or the LFP even
0: existed as a thing. So it was still in that, those days the Spanish Federation that was yes. organising the, the league championship. Yeah.
1: So yeah, so the um, the top four of the previous season: um, Real Sociedad, Barca, Madrid, and Athletic. More or less, the uh, the protagonists in uh, in this title race in 82-83, Athletic. Coached by an unbelievably young Javier Clemente. 32. I mean, that's obscene. Yeah. I mean, he'd come up through the ranks. Obviously, he was with Bilbao Athletic in 1881. Then he took charge of um, Athletic when they finished fourth. And, yeah, so he'd already been a professional manager for, for a couple of years and, and won the league age 32. Incredible. Yeah, and, the, and, and unbelievably ballsy as well. I mean, there's, there's, there's a
2: line when he turns up and he says, I will make this Athletic team champions. And everyone's like, yeah, piss off, mate. Wow. And so he did.
1: Wow. I mean, and he's he, he, a massive
2: wind-up merchant, Clemente. And, 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 he's you know, had that sort I, of ballsy streak ever, I, ever I, I I his career. Throughout his career, but I think at this stage it felt fresh and new. Yes. I think these days it probably doesn't. Although he's still he's fantastically entertaining. And he if, you you, it, get, yes. if you ever get the chance to talk to him, ask him about British football and he will just go off on one because he loves it. Okay. Well, I don't know why, he just does. Uh, right?
1: So uh, he was in charge of uh, Athletic. Oh, Real Madrid were coached by Flederli Stefan. Yes, um, and they had a, a, a side with some big names. They had Santillana. They had Camacho, who was also another one who's good. This value. was this was this
2: was really. Bosque. This is really, I suppose, the the, the the tail end of what was known as the Madrid of the mm-hmm. um because they had um, I think four players whose surnames had Garcia in them. And it, but it was more than that, it was, it was that this kind of symbolized this is a Spanish generation and, a, and an unremarkable Spanish generation. I remember speaking to Del Bosque about this and him saying, and it's a lovely phrase in Spanish, doesn't work that well in English, but I'll try, He's saying that people use this phrase, Madrid, de los Garcias, with aprecio y desprecio. And was, there was a kind of affectionateness, that, you know, they're all Spanish, they're relatively local, a lot of them. It feels kind of very castizo to use that other Spanish phrase, you know, mm. very of the city, Very very kind of earthy. And yet, at the same time, there was this kind of dismissiveness. Oh, yeah, they're just a bunch not, of yeah. Garthias. Because
0: yeah. uh, this was of a grey era in Real Madrid's per- I- history. This is the, sort of the end of the grey era, if you like. Because they'd won the league in 1980. they got to the European Cup final in eighty one and lost it. Exactly, to Liverpool in a, in a game which, by the way, if you ever watch it, is one of the dirtiest, most boring games you could
2: ever wish to see. It's unbelievably bad. Um, but there was this sort of sense that, yeah, this was a good Real Madrid team. that, As you're saying, they've winning the league at the back end of the 70s, got into the European Cup in 81. But this is the era just as the Quinta del Buitre is starting to come through. This is another reason why this is a significant season. Because, of course, it's Di Stefano mm. who starts to bring the Quinta del Buitre through. So this mm-hmm. is, if you like, the, the bridgehead to, to mm. a new generation for Real Madrid.
1: Mm. OK. Uh, Barcelona were coached by Udo Lattek. Yeah
0: Who had had a lot of success in Germany With Bayern Munich With Mönchengladbach as well So he, he, was, had, he had quite a good track record He was
1: in charge of the Bayern Munich side That beat Atletico Madrid In the European Cup final in 74 In 74, yeah um, He was one of three managers That Barcelona had this season Because he would last uh, Till uh, till March And then uh, José Luis Romero Would take charge for uh, One game He'd be in charge for three days Before César Menotti Would take yeah. over And of course This brings us to the really big thing About Barcelona Which is uh, Maradona signed for a World record uh, fee uh, to join quite a, what seems like quite an illustrious squad Very. on paper with Bernd Schuster and then all these Alonso's, Marcos <laughs> Alonso, Perico Alonso, and Pici Alonso. Yeah, I mean, Pici didn't play a huge amount, but, but
2: certainly, I mean, Marcos Alonso, many of you might recognize the name. Yeah. He's, of course, the father of the current
1: Chelsea player. Yes. Uh, the same name, yes, yes. Uh, and also Kini as well uh, after his kidnapping the year before. Yes Kini yeah. Alexanko was was there, but yeah, we mentioned the World Cup.
0: Maradona had obviously played in that World Cup, and they signed him at one point two million pesetas. Was it they paid for Maradona yeah. or a world record? Oh, we must have mentioned that in our in our transfer records. He episode, I guess. he was. Um, a player that essentially Barcelona had done a deal for, um, I think, three years
2: earlier. I mean, you know, this is a, a rare example of Barcelona being well on top of things and being organised and so on in, in transfers. Um, driven, of course, by by Mengele, who's a you know famously Barcelona-linked um, agent who, who brought Maradona through. Um, but the the military dictatorship in, in Argentina at the time wouldn't let him go, which is why it took until now for him actually to turn up. And if you get the chance to watch it, I, mean, I don't know how many of you have have access to this, but in Spain um, Canal Plus did a documentary called F- Football Club Maradona about his time at Barcelona. And some of the footage is, I mean, I'm sure it's not quite as dramatic as, as the film that's just come out about Napoli, which I haven't yet seen. But it, 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 some of the footage is absolutely fantastic. It's really, it really is worth watching. Of course, Maradona didn't have a great season because he got hepatitis, mm. although there is a hint that it may not have been hepatitis. Well, yes. What
1: might it have been? It might have been venereal disease. Mm. Uh, he joined obviously Barcelona to try and help them. A uh, gal of a slump, really. They hadn't won the league since 1974. Yeah, which was Croix season, of course. Yes. So you go from Croix to Maradona to try and win the league. Hmm. Uh, and uh, also, a quick mention of Real Sociedad, who were the, uh, the reigning champions, the reigning back to back champions, coached by uh, uh, Alberto Ormaechea, who'd been in charge, of course, for those uh, two triumphs. Who now has a, a bust outside Anoeta little statue. It does indeed. Yeah, would forgotten that. Yes. I fine. didn't see that when I was there. Yes. Um they were playing not at Anoeta at Atocha Of yes. course they didn't move until the um, early 90s I think to uh, to Anoeta. And uh yeah, some 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 big players there obviously the goalkeeper as we said uh, Arconada, they had uh, Pedro uh, Uralde who was the their uh, top their top goal scorer uh, the previous and, season. Um Satrasti was
0: a lot of, I think a lot of La fans would say he's their best ever center forward. Yeah, he yeah.
1: scored
2: he scored when 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 Spain beat England at Wembley. I think maybe a year before this and he was mm. and it's a kind of continuous connection between that era and the current era mm. he was Julian Lopetegui's favourite player Ah, uh, Julian Lopetegui of course a big Raleigh Softhead fan and really basque
1: very bad, incredibly bad. So nice. yes. Uh, All of the Senate, yes. So, uh, so there we go. The actual uh, season uh, panned out in a really, really fascinating way. Uh, early leaders were uh, Zaragoza and uh, Atleti, who started well and were were top after With uh, three Luis Aragones uh, in charge, at Atleti for what was already, I think, his fourth spell or
0: something like that. <laughs> wow, we know a, I honestly don't I know think the answer. It was at least
2: three, maybe four. of course he takes over immediately after that European Cup final in seventy four. He's the manager that takes them to win the Intercontinental Cup in in seventy four. Which, of course, they shouldn't have been at, but Bayern Munich renounced the. Is renounced the right word in English? Anyway, turned down the op- opportunity to, to, to take that title. So, Atletico Madrid have won an Intercontinental Cup without ever winning the European Cup. Hmm,
1: that's a good oh, fact. Nice, nice yeah. bit of trivia, that one. Uh, Real Madrid went top on match day four and they more or less stayed there until the, uh, the winter break. They were winter champions, which yep. is you know, not really a thing, but it is, I suppose, a, it's sort a of thing is isn't it? Yes. <laughs> um, Valencia were bottom. Uh, it was a catastrophic season for uh, Valencia they uh, managed to avoid relegation on the final day as we'll see in just a moment but yeah Real Madrid uh, top but there were these little runs of games if you look at the results over the course
0: of the season between these teams at the top as you say kind of Madrid's um, being chased by Zaragoza, Barca, Athletic, when they kind of all took points off each other. So there was a run early on, for example, match day 13. Barca beat Madrid 2-0 at the Bernabeu. The next weekend, Madrid beat Athletic 4-2 at San Mames. The next weekend, Athletic beat Barca <laughs> 1-0. So there were these little points where they were all kind of so beating each other.
1: was not boring at all. Absolutely not.
0: And with three weeks to go,
2: Athletic go to the Bernabeu and lose. Yeah, That's three weeks to go to the end of the season. At that point, you think, right, any chance of them winning the league
1: has, has gone. Yes. Yeah, but anyway, we get to the uh, we get to the end of the uh, the year with Real Madrid uh, leading at the start of the year. Barca start very strongly; they go six matches unbeaten to close the gap, and they're level on points with Real Madrid and Athletic. Remember, it's two points for a win mm-hmm. at, at the moment, so they're three tied. Don't you on the guys same find, points. by the way,
0: when you're looking at these seasons when it used to be two points for a win, it just seems like it's so close all the time yes. because we're so used to seeing tables with when it's three with points big for a win. Numbers, yeah. It just seems
1: like there's never there's never much in it at any point. It felt like match day 26 was perhaps a turning point certainly for uh, for Barcelona and this was a Barcelona side who had been really uh, erratic in this uh, in this season so far They hosted bottom side Racing Santander and uh, Real Madrid had a game. uh, I think they were playing uh, Salamanca uh, at the same time and there was a sense that this was a chance because Real Madrid were expected to perhaps uh, drop points against Salamanca and and Barcelona were expected to uh, beat uh, Racing. This is how much uh, Barcelona cocked up by losing a home to Racing because they lost uh, against the bottom side 2-0. Racing had lost all 12 away games. <laughs> they'd scored seven goals, they'd conceded 34, so they're conceding on average three goals. They, uh, they, they've they won 2-0 then at the camp now in a performance which La Vanguardia which is the Catalan daily newspaper not sport paper but newspaper called a performance which was absurd naive and lacking in any sense we could use that as a strap line for our podcast (laughs) yeah Yeah. yeah. all of those things absurd naive and
0: lacking in any sense and it was so bad of course that that Udo Latex was Sacked It was duly Having sacked. been
1: Joint top Three games earlier yes. Which
0: seems I mean it seems harsh But this is You know
1: this is Spanish football So It was Spanish football But there was uh, There was definitely A sense that Barcelona had been Far too uh, irregular and, and losing to that Rassing side uh, in that fashion with that absurd uh, quote-unquote performance uh, was the, uh, the final nail in uh, Udo Latex uh, Barcelona managerial coffee. And then, as you say, the guy, the guy who comes in, of course, is Minotti, and this is driven
2: by the idea that, right, we have to make this right for Maradona. Minotti, his word for you, which you, you may have read if you've ever read anything on that period or watched documentaries or anything on that period, biorhythms. Biorhythms was Minotti's excuse for changing training from the morning to the afternoon because he said the players' biorhythms have to be in tune with the kickoff time which actually I must admit actually that does make sense sense I've always found it baffling that clubs train in the morning when no one ever plays in the morning but anyway he changed it to the afternoon of course what most people assumed was that this was so they could all go out of a night um, so much so that when Terry Venables took over as Barcelona manager he, At the start of 84, 85 I think Or was it 85? I've completely lost, lost No, because yeah, he won the league in 85, 85. 85, 85 yeah. He said that he had a chat with Minotti And Minotti said to him Terry, do you like beautiful women? If so, you've come to the right place
1: <laughs> Wow That's so, quite an introduction Yeah yes. Anyway, so um, heading towards the sort of latter part of the season, there was a key late run of games, Al, which saw people take points of each other. Yeah, one, once again,
0: match day 30, Clásico Barça beat Real Madrid 2 1 at Camp Now. The following week, Madrid beat Athletic 2 0. And Real Sociedad beat Barca 1 0. This is the way a league title should be, isn't it? And then the following week, match day 32, Athletic beat Barca 3 2, and that effectively knocks Barca out of the title race. And it is a straightforward two horse race between Athletic. And Madrid. So you get down
1: to the final day, and this is a proper, proper final day. It's oh, that kind of final brilliant. day that, that, that you want. Well, this could be the best final day ever, couldn't it? Yeah, there Madrid. are two teams... Actually, it really could be. Yeah, two teams that can win the league. It's a straight shootout between Real Madrid and Atletico, and there are five teams... Athletic, rather. And Atletic, sorry, and there are five teams... That can go five down. Teams
0: like you know you know these days. Seeds complains about not knowing which game to go to. Yeah. You know these key parts. No. Imagine if you had a choice of literally like there's like five or six
1: what crucial do do? games, and to add. Sp- even more spice oh, to, the, so to, spicy. The, to the to the to the mixture. Real Madrid are playing Valencia, who are one of the teams that can go down. And Athletic are playing Las Palmas, who are also another team that can yeah. go down. Um, another game was Osasuna Barça, and Osasuna yeah. were another one of the teams that could go down. Basically, everyone
0: everyone was playing everyone in the, in the important games. Yes. Also, the Valencia coach, by the way, is
2: a giddy who had been at uh, Athletic Bilbao. Ah. So there's an extra little... Because there's a nice little post-game interview with him when he's asked about what does he think about the fact that, you know, that Bilbao have come out, Atleta Bilbao have come out as champions. He said, well, we were playing to save ourselves, you know, not yeah. that. But I'm very pleased, Yeah, I you mean? Know, <laughs> I've got lots of friends
1: there. At Real Madrid, they just needed a draw. Yeah, because they, they were a point They were a we point ahead. All they needed was a draw away to oh. this struggling Valencia side to be crowned champions. And they couldn't... Manager I actually went back and, and, and watched the rather grainy extended yeah. highlights of this game, which are, are on YouTube, but Valencia had, had actually quite a few chances themselves. Real Madrid bemoaned the fact that they hit the woodwork twice. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and, they had, and there was a penalty appeal or something.: that yeah, There was a penalty get, appeal or... on Juanito, but I'm, yeah, I'm not too convinced about, about that. but yeah, um, the Valencia took the lead, and obviously there's great shots of people in the crowd with radios very sort of early. Handheld radios. I mean, yeah, yeah quite brooks. big. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, quite big. Uh, listening. And Las Palmas took the lead against uh, Athletic. After club four minutes. <laughs> so they were, they were leading. Um, but then Athletic hit back and, and, and ended up winning, winning 4-1. But yeah, Athletic obviously ended as champions. Valencia were saved. And Las Palmas went down. The,
0: I mean, that situation was incredible. So at the end of the season, Valencia and Las Palmas were level on points. They were level on head to heads. And so it went down to goal difference, and Las Palmas had conceded more goals. I think because in one game mm. they had conceded seven, seven goals, yeah. they were beaten by seven goals somewhere, and that effectively sent them down and kept Valencia well, Valencia up. went into that final day basically needing what gets
2: described in Spanish as a caram, uh, carambola. What would you call that? They needed a four way carambola, in other words, they needed a,
0: kind of four things to fall into place for them, for them to survive. Yes. And those four things All happened Sadly, unfortunately, three years later, they did get relegated yes. so they, they they survived but it didn't it didn't last all that long for them. Uh, the, uh, the, the guy who scores, by the way, yes. the guy who scores the most decisive goal is,
2: is of course Miguel Tendillo who yes. scores scores the goal that, that, that means that Valencia beat Real Madrid and that Valencia saves from relegation. Four years later he joins Real Madrid. And he says that when he turns up, all the staff around me kept reminding him of this. But not just because he took the league off him. More importantly, he said, they kept moaning
1: at me that I'd cost them their league-winning bonus. I, I owed them however many thousands of pesetas. Uh, we mentioned that Las Palmas went down. It ended a run of 19 consecutive years in the top flight for Las Palmas. Something that seems relatively unthinkable. Now. It does, yeah. I must admit, I did not know no, that. But they've That's been a top a flight team for, for the best part yeah. of two decades, which was, uh, which was extraordinary. Uh, they went down along with Celta and Racing. Rassing despite that victory at the Camp Nou their only win at the Camp Nou by the way they've never won at the Camp Nou that's the only win and it was just so
0: tight by the way at the bottom again Valencia and Las Palmas both had 25 points Las Palmas went down Celta had
1: 24 and Rassing had 23 yeah yes uh, uh, extraordinary. Barcelona lost three of the last four games. They ended up finishing fourth. Atletico pit them to third, winning six consecutive matches at the end and of the Peter, season. Key
0: to them that season, of course,
1: was, was Hugo Sanchez, who
0: had joined Atleti in 1981. I think this was the first year that he got into double figures. Yeah, I think 15 was it that year. And, and, and the he went on to was
2: poly- rincon, By the way, year yeah, in yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. Poli
0: Corner, Poly Corner. Yeah,
1: what a great, what a great name as Police Corner, I suppose you could almost call him, couldn't you? Epolito. <laughs> yeah. to give him his full name. Yeah. But yeah, Hipolito Rincón uh, uh, scored twenty goals for a, a mid-table uh, Betis side. And uh, shall, uh, I, shall I use the old joke here? By the way, now we're on. putting all these teams in their
2: places. And of course, Real Madrid finished second. Which, if there was a competition for coming second, they would still finish second that year. They us up everywhere five times. Let's just go through this. They lost the Spanish Super Cup at the start of the season. It they wasn't at the start of the season. No, it was actually in October. The well, first
1: leg was yeah. in October, the second leg was yeah. on the 28th of December. Yeah, yeah.
2: so so, so the first title, yeah. they, they lose, they, they win 1-0 against Sociedad at home, but then they lose 4-0 at Atocha. This is really Stefano's coach. They, they, they finished second there, obviously they're second, as we've just pointed out, in the league, on the final day, the draw at Mestaya to be champions. All they needed was a draw, didn't get it. Uh, and also, they also, by the way, needed Athletic to... To to win, to not get the league, and Athletic were losing, as we've already pointed out. Cup Winners' Cup. They lose 2 1 to Aberdeen, to Alex Ferguson's Aberdeen, which is one one of the all time um, incredible European
0: results. Astonishing.
2: Copa del Rey final. They'd already lost twice to Barcelona in the league 1 0 and 2 0. They go into the Copa del Rey final, and Marcus Alonso scores a superb diving header. And then, of course, there is one more to come, which was the very short-lived Copa de la Liga. We should Spanish talk about this. Yes.
0: You know, some of our listeners might not realise that there was once a league cup in Spain. I didn't realise no. no, neither did <laughs> I. It very, I and right. I mean, it
2: was only lasted maybe six years. Four ago. years. Four years. Four years. And, and
0: this was the first one. And the idea was this was going to be an exciting new comp- competition to generate revenue for the. This sounds a bit like, the like what they're trying to do at the moment with the uh, with the Super Cup, isn't it?
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 it and not,
0: um, you know, not dissimilar in a way to the, the the English version of the league cup. In I think this was initially it was only teams from the Primera were competing the format kind of changed over the four yes. seasons that, that it existed basically they didn't know what to do mm. and and in this season they're going to lose to Barcelona but it? we are grateful that it existed because as you say the final was arguably Um, Maradona's defining moment as a Barcelona player again it's worth going and watching the the footage of this Maradona scores one of his great goals in the League Cup final he's played through he goes round the goalkeeper right in the byline he doesn't stop there he then takes it back inside there's a defender sliding in on the line and Maradona just waits and and tucks it away and this was famously when uh, there was an ovation for Maradona at the Bernabeu which was the, the only time that had happened, until many, many years later it happened with them um, with, with Ronaldinho, Ronaldinho, as we yeah. have discussed before.
1: Yeah. We certainly have. So there we go. It was the 1982-1983 uh, season, uh, which continued with the Basque dominance, of course, having yeah. Real Sociedad won uh, two championships in a row, then Bas- uh, Athletic uh, won one, and they'd win another one as well. So we had four consecutive it, years of Basque uh, winners. It gives us one of the great images, of course, of Spanish football, because... Um,
2: towards the end of the season there's two, two versions of this story actually two different uh, directors at Athletic Bilbao one's a guy called uh, Cecilia Abetia the other's a guy called Fernando Ochoa we're not really sure which one of it, it, them it is but they come up with this idea that they remember this story from their youth this song from their youth which is Pueblo Nervion Bajaba Una Gabarra Con Once Jugadores Del Club Achurriada and this is where the idea comes tell you what let's celebrate this it's by taking a barge down the river through Bilbao now This might not sound that amazing. alright, a barge goes down the river, and instead of being on an open-top bus, the players. It's much better than a bus. But go and have a look at the footage because it is absolutely mind-blowing. I mean, Julio Salinas was one of those players who talks about. You know, we were just eleven blokes from the town. It was impossible to win this league, and so we go and have this celebration like this. And you look at this footage on the barge. This barge is going up the river. One of the players falls in at one point. There are people hanging that off. The remarkable. There are people hanging off bridges. There are people all the way along the river. And of course, there are people thinking, well, they're on the river. I'm going on the river too. Small boats, dinghies, rowboats. There's people on pedalos. This is, that's what you don't get with an open top bus it, parade. It,
1: it
0: just well, you don't and get also, no, that's. If that's you fall off an open-top bus, that would be worse than. Yes, as the, the cop the ray found out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so you've got this absolutely fabulous footage of
2: this barge going thing. And this is considered a great athletic club tradition, but actually it's a
1: tradition that only started right then. There we go, with the uh, claiming of the uh, title in 1983. first league title since 1956. Uh, We'll uh, leave it there. Thank you very much for joining us on this edition of uh, Super Seasons. We'll be back uh, in a couple of weeks with another Super Season to talk about. We'll see you then. Adios. Cheerio. Bye.